Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. This is episode 24. As always, I'm your host, AB, and I'll be going through the Premier League weekend results and also a Champions League preview for the games coming up this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. As always, it's clutch underscore pod. But yeah, um, so obviously, big weekend in the Premier League. Couple big games. Well, there's only one big, big game to speak of. Arsenal against Manchester United. That was the game on Super Sunday. That's where we're going to start off. You know, United were buzzing after that miracle in Paris where we overcame a 2-0 deficit at home at Old Trafford to beat PSG 3-1. Big up Rashford. Big up Romelu Lukaku as well. Two goals on the net. But yeah, so we went into the game at the Emirates. Of course, we were confident. We thought we could do them again. It is Arsenal. We did we did rename the Emirates the Millie Rock Arena. And Arsenal did get moved to in rents, but I three goals to one in the Europa League on Thursday. So you, you would have thought that, yeah, they'll go around there banging two free goals, keep it moving, innit? But let's not forget football. Football is a funny game, fam. But yeah, so Arsenal beat United 2 0. Xhaka and Aubameyang getting on the score sheet. That's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's first defeat as Manchester United's manager. Another win for Arsenal at home. Obviously, from a United perspective, it wasn't it wasn't a great day, man. It wasn't a great day at all. Disappointing result for us. I didn't think that we'll go there and get beat. A lot of United fans didn't think they'll go there and get beat. I didn't even think the players thought they'll go there and get beat. But this is football and we cannot forget, no matter how much in form we've been, we're going away against a top, top side in Arsenal. No matter how much you want to banter them, this, this, that. Jesse Lingard done this, that, that dance. They're still a top team. And we had to, you know, step up. And we didn't really do that today from a United perspective. I mean, we had a lot of chances. Lukaku... But hey, <laughs> it would be a Lukaku thing to do it, to score six goals in the last two games, then perform like that. But I'm not even trying to violate him or criticise him that much because he should have scored at least two or three goals. Um, but obviously, it wasn't just him that was poor. It was a collectively poor performance, I believe. I mean, we created a lot of chances because it's funny because we created a lot of chances, yeah? What was that? 14 shots. Only four of them were on target. But... Obviously, we didn't score in it. I feel like we should have gone ahead early when Lukaku had that chance in, like, what, the fifth minute when he um, kicked it into the ground and it hit the post. I can't lie. When I saw that, that's when I thought that, yeah, this might not go too well for us. Because, obviously, Arsenal, they looks dangerous. They played a very, very attacking formation. I was a bit wary when I saw that. When I saw their starting eleven. I mean, it was a very positive lineup. I mean, you got Ozil and Ramsey both starting. I'm thinking... Henry never starts these men together. He never even starts one of them. So why against United do you want to start all your big boys? I saw Aubameyang and Lacazette up top. They didn't even have Mustafi at the back because I know that brother was so mistake prone. I was thinking as long as Mustafi's at the back, it would be alright. But nah, they opted for Kishoni, Socrates and Natural Manuel as the back three. But yeah, it was, a, it was a good performance for them. They did take the lead. It was a booky goal still. I don't even want to sound like Jurgen Klopp and make excuses in them thing there, but the wind was looking kind of nuts in that game, you know. Like, Bearman's shirts was lifting and that. Like, the ball was moving like, I don't know if you know, back in the days, yeah, you know them rubber balls and they said shoot five on it. And then, what do they call them? Air floaters. You know when you kick it, like, it'll give you some 99 finesse, 99 curve, like, it could turn anyone into messy, fam. That's what the ball felt like. But yeah, obviously, Xhaka, you know, he's got a shot from distance. So he just let it rip. And then I think it just bamboozled the hair and just went in. Um, that's how you know it was a bad day at the office when you got man like David the hair making mistakes like that. But obviously, I'll brush that in it because you saved us enough time. So it is where it is. So we went to go down. Funnily enough, though, I still had faith, man. I thought that with the chances we were creating, we, we would, you know, finally get the goal and go in front. Fred hit the post. I mean, it was one of those games from a United perspective before I move on to Arsenal. Like, I feel like the final ball was just missing. Or that little bit of quality we were just missing. Like, Rashford, Rashford had a stinker. I'm sorry, man. I know I bigged him up. I can't lie. I was, I was so gassed for him in midweek when he tucked away that penalty against PSG. But this game, he was, he was very, very poor. I mean, he just lacks that yard of pace to beat his man. And, you know, that final ball just to finish the play. Like, like our build-up play was all right. Like, especially that pass that Pogba done over the top for Lukaku Lukaku killed the ball with his first touch the touch was mad and then obviously um 
Leno made a great save. But yeah, Leno had a great game and goal for Arsenal. I feel like Lukaku should have scored again when he rounded him, but he done well to, you know, react and save the ball. Continuing from a United perspective, we just had too many missed opportunities. We didn't take our chances. We created a lot of chances though, so that's a positive thing. It's not like we went there and just got dominated, outplayed. I mean, we got more possession, albeit it was 54% in it. But to go away and control the ball the way we did, it was all right. But at times, we struggled to, you know, um, moving the ball around in it due to the conditions. But Arsenal struggled with that as well. So it's just one of them ones. But uh, overall, is a defeat. Uh, in a way, we, we did have to lose in the end, didn't it? Because it, it, it was just inevitable. But it's just disappointing it came against Arsenal, like. It's just, oh, I just had to, why did I have to be Arsenal? These men were talking shit for so long. Like, man, they were just snapping me left, right, and centre. And, uh, like, I saw a tweet. Yeah, I can't lie. That tweet had me dying. Obviously, Oli's at the wheel, isn't it? These men were saying Oli got a provisional licence. He ain't even got the pink thing yet. <laughs> I, that shit made me laugh, man. Nah, it was peaking about... Obviously, man's been dishing out corn for a time to these rival fans, so it's only about time it comes back, in it. But yeah, man, um, it is what it is. We've got another game coming next week against Wolves at Molyneux. That's going to be a tough game in the FA Cup. We need, we really need that win, you know, to progress through, try to win some silverware. Uh, moving on to Arsenal, great win for them. Obviously, they did suffer defeat in France. Can't relate. <laughs> But yeah, they did lose in the Europa League against Ren, albeit they were down to 10 men. Um, Socrates got sent off for two yellows. So yeah, they lost 3-1. So they got a huge mountain to climb next week when they do host them at the Emirates. But yeah, so I was thinking their heads would be down. But nah, man, they played well. Like I said, I liked Emery's, I liked Emery's team. Like the team looked, it looked like they were giving it a goal. Like you had Maitland Niles at right back. Your back three was Monreal, uh, Socrates, and Koscielny. I feel like they're them they're their more reliable defenders. Obviously, Rob Holding still out injured, and Mustafi's just so error prone that I don't think you he would just he would have just not been able to cope, especially with the pace of Rashford and Lukaku as well. So yeah, that was a a good solid back four. They were they were very very shaky. That's another position Arsenal need to improve on defensively. But we're here to talk about how well they played. Bamiang and Lacazette, you know, their link up play, they they were causing problems with our back four. Lindelof looked like he couldn't hack it still. I remember Smalling had to move him to the left side so he could defend on the right because he looked like you know Arsenal's attackers were causing them problems. And obviously the second goal being a penalty it's a it's good that Lacazette gave Aubameyang the penalty. Like I saw that 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 just shows how closely together they are, how much respect they have for each other. You know, he backed him even though he missed the penalty at Spurs. He told him, you know, take the pen in it, take the pen. You know, to like boost his confidence, and Aubameyang stepped up, took the pen, and scored it. Whether or not it was a penalty, a lot of people were saying it's not a pen. Like I felt like Jamie Carragher and them, man. I can't lie. Obviously, you man know I'm a United fan. It was just a pen, man. Like it's not even one of them ones where you'll be like, ah, it's not a pen. It was, it was just a pen. It was a clumsy challenge by Fred. Fred, he was disappointed today as, from a United perspective as well. Um, obviously he had to start though, cause he had a masterclass against PSG, and it would have been unfair for Solskjaer not to start that any one of those three midfield players that played. So that was Pereira, McMayonnaise, McTominay, <laughs> and Fred. So. Obviously, Fred got the nod. Matic was back from injury. Marshall was back, but he wasn't risked. He wasn't started. He started from the bench. So, yeah, um, Bamiyang put them 2-0 up. And, yeah, from then, I thought the game was gone. That's when Solskjaer wanted to bring on Marshall. I thought that was a bit too late. But, yeah, um, good win for Arsenal. You know, they move into the top four. They've displaced United. We're back in fifth. But we will be we'll be back in the top four soon. Just wait on it. Don't worry. They're just keeping it. They're just keeping the fourth place comfy for us. Cause when we come for it, <laughs> we ain't letting go, man. Believe me. It was a great game to watch. Obviously, it was very, very frustrating though. Cause the chances we missed. Rashford was poor. Lukaku had a lot of chances as well. I just don't know what's that what that's gonna do for his confidence. Like I said, it's all good scoring two goals against Southampton and scoring two goals against Crystal Palace. The two goals against PSG really helped us. 
But again, it's not against a big the big six teams. He doesn't really score. That is his problem. That's what he needs to try and improve on. One guy we needed though was Jesse Lingard, man. That that game would have never that scoreline would have never happened if we had Lingard. Lingard, hey, he would have been up for it. And I feel like we needed that though. You know that bit of energy. Um, you know, to stretch the back four even more. He gets into those pockets behind the defence and he can creep up from anywhere, man. That was a great miss for us, but we still did have quality in the final third. It's just that we didn't take our chances. Another day, we scored three or four uh, at that game easily. Easily. It's just one of those days at the office. That's why I'm not too fussed about it because of the chances we created. Is a disappointing result, but we move on. Big up Arsenal. Good three points for them. Um, they'll be looking to, you know, bounce back against Wren in the Europa League as well to try and progress in that competition as well. So let's move on, though. Moving on to another game in the Premier League on the weekend. At St. Mary's, Southampton played Tottenham on Saturday and Spurs bottled it. They bottled it. On the pod last week, I did say Spurs are not qualifying for the Champions League. Two weeks ago, if someone had told me that, I would have been like, you're lying, man, because realistically, they can challenge for the title, but... A lot changes in four games. A defeat away at Burnley. A defeat away at Southampton. Boy, it's not looking good for Mauricio Pochettino's white army. <laughs> it was a bitterly, bitterly disappointing result for them. The same two guys that scored against United scored against them. James Wood-Prowse, another free kick from him. He's looking like a real dead bull specialist. Great, great player for Southampton. He scored for them. And that Valerie Don at right back banged in another goal. So, yeah, them man, them man are in form still. They cause a lot of problems. They've been doing their thing low-key under their new manager, Ralph Hasselhoff. They, yeah, they've been playing really well, man. I mean, that's a big win for them. Obviously, they're trying to get distance from them and the relegation places. They're still, what, two points out of the relegation zone. So it's going to be touch and go probably till the final day of the season or the last couple games. But that three points, that should be a huge morale boost for them. In fact, they took the lead. They took the lead through Harry Kane and they just let it slip. And they dominated that first half. They dominated possession. They created a lot of chances. I don't know if it was a complacency thing, but it was in that, the last 15 minutes that Southampton banged in them two goals. 76th minute and the 81st minute so you know they're going to be disappointed that they let it slip obviously Pochettino he's on a touchline ban <laughs> that sounds so mad you know he's on a touchline ban from obviously his antics at the game against Burnley at the end of the match when they lost I don't even know what he was moaning about man they just they they just lost like he should have just held his L and kept it moving now they're missing him for this game and another game so yeah Spurs boy they're in deep deep trouble right now man in the Premier League anyway, like, that's that's a shocking defeat for them. They are still third in the league, but the gap has closed. Obviously, with Arsenal's win against United, it's their one point away from Spurs, and they think they can catch them. And I don't have no... I don't doubt them for thinking that, because they're one point away from them, and Spurs, they still have to play Chelsea, and they still have to play Man City. So, I don't see them winning. I don't see them winning either of those games. And they'll probably slip up to another team that they have to play that people would expect to win. So this top three race is wide open. Arsenal are in there. United are in there. Chelsea still have a game in hand on, on the other three teams anyway. And if they win that game in hand, they move on to 60 points. So they're in there. This race for third place is cracking still. It's frying. It's frying. But yeah, um, Spurs, they're just going to bottle it. That, that's just the Spurs-like thing to do anyway. Disappointing. Son came off the bench that game. I'm really surprised as to why he did. Because um, he's been on fire, literally. He's, he carried them when Kane was injured. So he came off the bench at 72 minutes. But obviously, he, could, he couldn't do anything to save his team. And they lost. So another disappointing result for Spurs. And yeah, um, I don't know what they're going to have to do. They're, they're going to get their new stadium soon, though. So the Champions League quarterfinals, which they qualified for by beating Dortmund 4-0 on aggregate. So that's when it's going to get used. So that's sometime in April. So it'll be interesting to see how that will, you know, build momentum for them, whether it will be a quick transition into the new stadium or whether they will struggle to get results as they did when they first moved to Wembley two years ago. Let's move on, though. The, the late game on Saturday, the league leaders, well, they were the league leaders now, Manchester City, they played Watford, a high-flying Watford side. So a lot of people thought that they might cause them troubles, but nah, it was anything but that. Raheem Sterling, I big up Raheem Sterling, fam. The Daily Mail are quaking in their boots right now. Aye, 
Raheem Sterling, hat chick. He's been on red hot form all season. I can't lie. I'll put him in the running for PFA Player of the Year because he's had that kind of season. He shipped him with goals for City. He shipped him with assists. He's got 15 goals right now in the Premier League and he's got nine assists. That's a great return for a player in a star-studded Man City team. You've got the likes of Sane, Mares. You've got your Gabriel Jesus, Agueros, KDB and you've got... Raheem Sterling, who's putting up numbers like that. So big up him. Obviously, black excellence. I like the team shine, especially when, when the Daily Mail trying to talk dirt on his name. I know he plays for City, but, you know, you've got to stand behind your fellow brethren's firm. That's my guy. So, yeah, hat trick for him. It came in, what, 13 minutes? I can't lie. In the first half, though, City, obviously, they were doing City-like things, you know, keeping possession, trying to play that killer through ball to, you know, open up the defence of Watford. But they, they struggled. I mean, have you got to see a big up him in the first half anyway? Because the second half was a bit different still. The Watford side, it was, you know, they were they were they were highly structured. They were well structured. They made a lot of changes as well. Britos coming in. Um Tradini got dropped to the bench for Andre Gray. I feel like that was merely for the mere fact that obviously Andre Gray got the pace. So they were looking to, you know, absorb pressure and then hit. City on the counter-attack, but obviously that didn't quite work for them. But yeah, big up Sterling. Um, he got a little dink for his second goal and then uh, a tap-in. And then, yeah, man, big up him, fam. Big up Sterling 10 times, fam. He's been doing his thing. Watford, they were good defensively in the first half, but that goal in the second half, yeah, it came just as the second half started. That just, that probably killed them. Because obviously, two goals in four minutes, you're 2-0 down at a blink of an eye, and then they just crumbled after that. Um, DLFA did bring a goal back for them with his first touch coming off the bench to try and make it, you know, a little bit more interesting. But City were 3-0 up. There was no way they were squandering that lead. Like, they're not they're not a team in North London that wear white. They do not surrender them type of leads. So, yeah, um, big up Man City. That sent them four points clear at the top at the time. Ever since then, Liverpool did win. We're going to come on to them next. So, yeah, City, you know, just doing City-like things, just doing their thing. Let's move on, though to the Merseyside team in red. Liverpool, they played on Sunday against Burnley. 4-2, high-scoring game, a lot of goals. Burnley did take the lead, though, inside, like, six minutes. It was one of them beaky ones. I think the wind was moving mad again, you know, because, obviously, Ashley Westwood, he just literally just whipped a ball into the box, and then it just went past everyone into the net. So I was just thinking, boy, Liverpool are about to bottle it here. <laughs> like, 1-0 down at Burnley. And, obviously... Burnley, they already got, they already beaten a team in Tottenham. That's a top six team. So I wouldn't really put it past them if they'd done up Liverpool at Anfield. Especially when they went into the game four points off the top. Maybe that would have, you know, led them to crumble under pressure. But big up Liverpool, they didn't. That's what great teams do. Roberto Firmino, two goals for him. Sadio Mane, two goals for him. Mo Salah, zero goals for him. One goal in his last eight Premier League appearances. The agenda's coming soon. We're coming for that guy, fam. We're coming for him. <laughs> but yeah, um, back to the game though. So yeah, Liverpool quickly turned it around. Roberto Firmino with a goal to equalise. And, th and then Mane scored after like 29 minutes, put them 2-1 up at the break. So I feel like that settled a lot of nerves going into half-time. Then Roberto Firmino grabbed the second of the game and Mane scoring in the 93rd minute after Goodmanson made it 3-2. So at that time... Liverpool really should have just seen out the game. Obviously, I feel like it was just a lapse in concentration. I'm not really going to grill Liverpool for their defensive, for conceding two goals, because defensively, they've been one of the best teams. they got the best defender in the league in Van Dijk, and they got other defenders who are very good in Joe Gomez. you got Andy Robertson on the left, and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right. I can't lie, though. i got to give a little shout-out to Dwight McNeil, yeah? Left winger for Burnley, he twists up Trent Alexander-Arnold a couple times. Um, young G as well, he's at, what, 18, 19? So big up him, he's doing his thing. Um, Burnley, they're still in and around the relegation zone, though. They're sitting in 17th place, two points away from the relegation zone. So, boy, they just need to, you know, keep doing Burnley-like things. Route 1 football, try to see if they can, you know, renew their Premier League status for another season. Um... Back to the more Salah agenda, though. I feel like this brother's too greedy, man. 
he's he's too too greedy like he's too too greedy like there was a chance I think it was a two on one he was running at the defence he could have just squared it to Mane for a definite goal he went for the shot and it was a great save by Tom Heaton in goal but I can't lie when you're fighting for a title like this year you gotta put all your I know you wanna win the golden boot it's a very good individual achievement to win excellent trust me it shows how you know clinical you are in front of goal and them things there but I can't lie, you're chasing a title, big man, yeah? you got to put your ego and your pride to the side and play within a team, fam. That's what you need to do. That's why players like Firmino, yeah, they fit the Liverpool system so well because I like, he does get criticised for not scoring goals, innit? And as much as I always say he's not an out-and-out striker, he play, he's a team player, trust me, fam. He sold his soul for Mane and uh, Salah to banging goals. He's been doing that ever since Salah... Um, had that mad breakout season last year. So, yeah, you need guys like that who are going to, you know, just take one for the team and just play within the system. And I don't think more sellers that guy, man. I won't lie to you. And you might say I'm being harsh, but pay attention. When you watch Liverpool games, just pay attention to that guy. See what he does, fam. Trust me, fam. Well, yeah, let's move on, though. Another game featuring the top six that went down on Sunday. Chelsea against Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers, we will know how, how much upsets they cause against the top sides, you know, Nuno Espirito, Santo, he got his team set up, the back five is patterned, man like Willy Bolly, Connor Cody, them man there, doing their thing, Doherty, so yeah, um, I can't lie though, man, Chelsea, that game was boring, fam, that, fam, it was so boring to watch, fam, the first, the first half, yeah, it felt like the first half was like was was ninety minutes, fam. Like I sat, I was just what it was so dead. Like the midfield three, obviously Barkley, Kovacic, Jorginho, they rotated a bit from the side that beat what was it, Dynamo Kiev, Kiev in the Europa League on Thursday. You know you need to keep that rotation steady because battling in the Europa League and the Prem is not easy. All them tired legs out there. So yeah. The game was boring though, man. I won't lie to you, man. There was no there was no attacking intent. Like they just didn't it was literally just one of them Sunday shows in the park. But yeah, big up Wolves though, because they defended well, they kept their shape. They literally the one chance they had, they scored. Raul Jimenez, he's been on fire. Obviously unknown from Benfica. I think uh, definitely Wolves will try to make that deal permanent. I think um what they were saying was in order to make it permanent, it's a thirty million pound fee. And I don't know why, I don't see why not they shouldn't pay it because he's a great striker, scores goals, works well within the team as well, fits their system. And yeah, he scores goals ultim ultimately, which is what you want your striker to do. So big up him, he took his chance well. Wolves went 1-0 up and it was looking like they were going to get another famous win against a top, against a top six team. And it looks like Chelsea were going to choke it. But up steps Eden Hazard, you know, this is when you want your top players to clutch up. And he came in clutch for Chelsea. Great goal for him. Little finesse, bottom right-hand corner. Roy Patricio couldn't grab it. And he salvaged the point for the Blues. Um, disappointing result. Disappointing performance, though, by Chelsea, man. I won't lie to you, man. It, it wasn't a great game of football at all. It sadly reminded me of Mourinho days at United, man. So, yeah. Chelsea still have a game in hand on the other teams in the top six. In the top five, sorry, because Chelsea are sixth. So... They win that game in hand and they move into a Champions League spot. So, it sounds simple, but <laughs> it's easier said than done. Trust me. But, yeah. Big up Wolves as well. Big game Wolves. They do this. They do this against the top six sides, man. They play their heart out. So, yeah. They got that big game pedigree. Let's move on to the other weekend Premier League results, though. Starting off on Saturday. The early kickoff. Crystal Palace at home. Selhurst Park. You know. <laughs> the Adam Adamin called them Source FC. I can't lie, they were sourceless this game still. They lost at home, 2-1 to Brighton. Apparently, this is a derby game. I didn't really know it. They call it, what, the M23 derby? Because you got to use the M23 when you're driving from Croydon Sides to go to Brighton. <laughs> the logic is nuts, but <laughs> if that's what they call it, then boy. So, yeah, but they lost, though, at home. Disappointing result for them. Glenn Murray, boy, 35 years old, still doing his thing in the Premier League, banging in goals. Big up, Glenn Murray. He wasn't even meant to start. They were meant to start that Andoni done, but he got injured in the warm-up. So, yeah, big up him. He scored. Um, Luka Milivojevic. Palace were awarded a pen. I told, man, Luka Milivojevic, yeah. That brother does not miss penalties, fam. 
I think I've only remember I've only I only remember him missing a penalty once, and that was against Man City. But they beat them <laughs> at the Etihad, so you know they made up for it. So yeah, when Palace are winning a penalty, fam, just put the just update the scoreline and let the other team kick off because he doesn't miss penalties. So obviously he stepped up, banged in the pen, equalized. Great piece of skill from Anthony Knockout. Little cut inside on his left foot, finesse. In off the crossbar, top left-hand corner. So that sealed all three points for them. It was a it was a goal worthy to win any game, to be honest. So yeah, big three points for Brighton. Couple other games on the weekend that w- went down on Saturday. Cardiff City beat West Ham 2-0 at the Cardiff City Stadium. They're still in a relegation zone, though. They got two points. They're two points away from getting out of there. So yeah, they're trying to, you know, do their thing. Huddersfield, it's inevitable, really. They lost at home 2-0 to Bournemouth. But like Callum Wilson getting on the score sheet and Ryan Fraser, big up Ryan Fraser, slapped him in my fantasy team. He done the, he done the thing for me. So yeah, um, other games. Leicester got their first win under Brendan Rodgers, new manager. They won three one against Fulham. <laughs> Another team who is looking inevitable for my like Jamie Vardy banging in two goals and Yuri Tielemans. Hey, that guy's a baller. I don't know how they got him on loan, but yeah, Yuri Tielemans. He's on loan at Leicester from Monaco. He got his first goal for the club. Last game as well. Some mad entertaining game at St. James's Park. Newcastle United, two goals down against Everton at halftime. They bounced back. They won 3-2 at home. Iosi Perez banging in two. And Salomon Rondon scoring as well. Um, disappointing for Everton, man. I've been saying this, fam. Everton, they've probably been the biggest underachievers this season. Because I've said this so many times on different pods yeah on different episodes of this pod yeah for the amount of money they spend and for the quality they have in their side there is it's inexcusable why they're not at least in the top 10 fam they're 11th they've been they've lost some very very questionable games where i where i've been thinking that how how are you gonna, how are you gonna lose that game how you know fam the quality they have fam it's 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 inexcusable man i feel like Marco Silva, he's probably going to be the next Premier League manager to get the sack, man. I mean, I don't wish Premier League managers getting sacked because it's dread. But that brother might need to go because it's unacceptable. There's no way Everton should be underachieving like this. Look at the money they spend, fam. It's a joke, fam. You go 2-0 up. Fair enough, you're away from home, but 2-0 up. 65 minutes, you can't see the game out. Come on, man. It's a joke, fam. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that wraps up this weekend's Premier League results. Let's let's look forward to what we got coming next weekend. Obviously, it is the FA Cup. There is the FA Cup quarterfinals. So, a lot of Premier League games have been postponed for because, obviously, there's Premier League teams in the FA Cup. So, in the FA Cup on Saturday, Watford against Crystal Palace. Big game for them. Watford, they rested a few players against Manchester City. That is, that's gearing up for this game against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, they got cut pedigree, man. They were in the FA Cup final, what was it, 2017? When Pardew done that dance when United won. Jesse Lingard scoring the winner in extra time, I believe. So, yeah, they got cut pedigree. Should be an interesting game. Um, Watford, they already rested a lot of guys against Man City. So, hopefully, well, not even hopefully. So, they're probably going to be very fresh. So, it'll be interesting to see. Swansea City looking to cause a cup upset. They host Manchester City at the Liberty City Stadium. Boy, I can't see nothing but a City win, man. Look at what they've been doing to teams, fam. Look what they've done to flipping Burton Albion in the in the Carabao Cup, fam. These man don't play in the cup. Comp- they didn't even play the young Gs, fam. I'm seeing all KDB, Aguero, Sterling, Sonny, Morris. I'm thinking, come on, man. You're playing Burton Albion, fam. Like, come on, man. It's... Uh, Swansea, I don't even know what they have to do to try to get a result. I don't see them winning at all. And then the big one at Molyneux, boy, that's a huge game. Wolverhampton Wanderers hosting Manchester United. United looking to bounce back from that disappointing defeat at the Emirates against Arsenal. It's not an easy game, though, going to Molyneux. I mean, with the with the way they play against top six sides, it's going to be a very, very hard game for United. But Oli's at the will. And I, I feel like after that Arsenal defeat, they've got that complacency out of their system. So, obviously, the PSG game, that was that was a wonderful, wonderful occasion. It was like, 
It was just a dream, fam. Fantastic result. Everyone counted us out apart from me. Listen to the last pod, yeah, the end of it. Listen to what I said. I said, we score in the first 10 minutes. Bow! We're going to win the game. Lukaku scored after two minutes. Horrendous error from Marquinhos or Thiago Silva. One of them, man. And we got 1-0 up. So, yeah. I feel like we got that complacency out of our system. We've been humbled back to earth. We got the beating that we probably needed going into this last third of the season. I know it sounds mad saying that we deserve, we needed to lose, but like the man, the players know that raw. Like, ah, right, cool. We got to be serious now, innit? So that's a huge game for us. You know, probably our most realistic piece of silverware as well, the FA Cup, because Champions League is gonna be very very hard to win that. So yeah, that's the FA Cup. Um, only two of the top six sides playing in the Premier League next weekend. Fulham, they host Liverpool at Craven Cottage. Can't see nothing but a Liverpool win. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Everton play Chelsea at Goodison Park. Um, the way Everton have been performing, boy, it's I don't see them. I don't see them getting a result. I see Chelsea getting a win. So, yeah, that rounds up the Premier League upcoming fixtures and the FA Cup quarterfinal fixtures. We'll be back after the, those fixtures. Let's move on to... The Champions League preview, where we preview this week's round of 16 in second legs. Champions League round of 16 second legs boy the Champions League last week was team mad I mean who would have thought first of all before United who would have thought Ajax would have went round there and just humiliated Madrid in their own backyard at the Bernabeu you know what I called this you know I called this they called me mad I told the man them about Ajax yeah and they said nah listen to episode 22 of the podcast yeah and tell me I wasn't lying and the man them that I said who caused them troubles were the man them that scored. David Neres, Brazilian winger. Them man there, too techie fam. I told, I, I'm not, I told man, I, I'm not going to gem it and say I watched the Eredivisie, but I know a baller when I see one. Big up David Neres. Big up Hakim Ziyech. Big up Dusan Tadic as well, because that piece of skill for Neres' first goal was filthy. How you got man doing roulettes and that at the Bernabeu? Real Madrid are done out there, man. They're finished fam. They need to go into rebuild mode. You got Sergio Ramos scuffing, not scuffing, but getting into arguments with the Real Madrid president, telling him that, right, I'll leave if you pay my compensation. You got Gareth Bell getting booed left, right and centre. Disappointing, man. Real Madrid, they, they need to sort it out, man. And obviously, this is what happens when the GOAT leaves, fam. Look at what, look what <laughs> look at the hole that Ronaldo's caused. So, yeah, Ajax, big up then 10 times. They played phenomenally well. They just destroyed... <laughs> They destroyed Real Madrid. Um, then, obviously, United. Everyone counted us out. They thought we was going to go there and get moved to 10-man injured. No Pogs. No Valencia. No Damian. No Mata. No Herrera. No Lingard. No Martial. We went round there. In the park, the Prance. I won 3-1. Unbelievable result. I was screaming my head off, fam. I lost my voice, fam. I can't lie, fam. My heart was beating off when... when the referee pointed for that foul on Kimpembe. I can't lie. That is karma. That is, it's just karma. Because Kimpembe, if you know, the first leg, he should have never been on the pitch when he scored that goal to put PSG in front at Old Trafford. He should have got sent off for two yellows, especially if Pogba got sent off for those two yellows. If those two were both yellow cards, Kimpembe definitely shouldn't have been on the pitch. So it is way, isn't it? Lukaku, big up him, scored after two minutes. PSG, I said them man got PTSD, fam, from that Barca game. I prom I told man they got that, fam. Rashford stepped up for the pen. Quality. Quality, quality stuff. So, yeah, let's look forward to this week's Champions League games, though. So, starting off on Tuesday, Juventus, they have it all to do at the Juventus Stadium. Well, the Allianz Stadium, they renamed it. Against Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid got a 2-0 lead that they're protecting. And it's going to be a tight game. You know, Atletico Madrid, they got that st- 
sturdy defence. You've got your Diego Godins, Jose Maria Jimenez. You know, them man there, they don't really let attackers get by them. So it's going to be very, very hard for Juventus side to, you know, get the two goals. Well, they'll need three anyway to go through unless they want to win on pens. So, yeah, for them to get all the goals they need to go through. Um, But I feel like they have enough quality in the final third. You have Cristiano Ronaldo. Come on, fam. That guy is the Champions League. You got Paolo Dybala. You got your Mandzukic. You got your um, Bernadeschi. So it'll be an interesting, interesting game. I just feel like whether or not Juventus can stop Atletico Madrid from scoring, I don't know, man. I really, really don't know. It's gonna be a tough game for Juve. Um, I see them winning, though. I see them winning. It'll be a tight game, though, neck and neck. But I see them going through to the next round. Obviously, Man City. They 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 were they got saved by a poor poor Schalke side man. There was no way Schalke shouldn't have seen that game through. I mean, City had ten men for most of the game. Like Otamendi got sent off from early, so they really should have seen it through. But City, that's what champions are made of. Leroy Sane's free kick, boy, whew, he licked it off. Great free kick from him. So yeah, second leg, their host Schalke, three two up from the first leg. I just feel like they'll get the job done. Um, I don't, I don't see them bottling it, man. Not, not Man City. They, they have too much quality and too many world class players for them to get beat here. Comfortable win for them. They'll probably give them three or four and keep it moving. So yeah, that's Tuesday's game. Wednesday, Barcelona against Lyon. Listen, this is another team I told man them about. I call these games, you know. I told man about Ajax, Lyon. There are no scrubs, fam. I told man about Lyon. This game is finely poised. Barcelona, they're at the new camp. They host Lyon. It's 0-0 from the first leg. So Barcelona, they didn't get no away goals. So they have to win to go through. Obviously, when you, t- when you, when you hear that Barcelona have to win to go through, the formality is they're probably going to win. Obviously, they're quality side. They're probably, right now, they're the favourites to win the Champions League. I can't lie. Look at the lead they got in the La Liga. It's a joke thing. So yeah, and they got Messi. <laughs> Come on, fam. But I can't lie. What, what, what we've been witnessing in the Champions League so far this season is special. The United game, what Ajax have been able to achieve. And Lyon, they're, they're not a moist team, not at all. I know they play in league on the Farmers League, but they have players that can cause any side problems. I said this on the previous Champions League preview that I've done. you got your Nabil Fakirs, Tanga Ndombele, Memphis Depay. All these men can cause sides problems. And all they have to do is avoid defeat. I know. When you, when you say that and they're going to the league camp, it sounds mad. But, boy, I don't... I think this game is very, very finely poised. It's not a foregone conclusion that Barcelona will just batter them and move on to the quarterfinals, fam. So, we're just going to have to wait and see whether Leon can, you know, gain inspiration from Ajax or... United or whether Barcelona, they'll use that as motivation to be like, yo, I really letting this slip. Trust me, fam. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, but I do see Barcelona going through. I can't lie, man. Not with the upsets that we've had in the last week. They're not going to, they're not going to bottle it. So yeah, let's move on though. The final game of the Champions League this week. Another finely poised game. This is probably the most... The most poised game out of all of the ties this week. Bayern Munich host Liverpool at the Allianz Arena. 0-0 from the first leg at Anfield. Boy, this this is perfectly matched. This, I can't lie. <clears throat> I can't lie. I don't know if I can call this game. I mean, Liverpool, I don't know if they'll think that that 0-0 at Anfield two weeks ago was disappointing. But this definitely not over. Not at all, bruv. Like, they have, the, they have goals in them, so they just have to, you know, try and avoid defeat. And they're solid defensively as well with their back four. I trust their back four a lot. So, boy, I feel like th- they could do it. It's very, very, very doable for Liverpool to go through in the Champions League. Obviously, they were the beaten finalists, so they know what it takes in these, you know, high-pressure games. They went all the way to the final. So, yeah, I see, I see, them, I see them going through. Um, I don't see Bayern Munich beating them. Bayern Munich, obviously, in the Bundesliga right now. You know, they're trying to win it. Did overtake Borussia Dortmund. They did win 6-0 on the weekend as well. So, I don't know <laughs> what that means for Liverpool. But it'll be a very, very, very tight game. It'll be an interesting watch as well. So, that is the Champions League preview. 
back possibly after the Champions League draw. I feel like right now a lot of teams will be licking their lips thinking that raw we can we could go all the way and win the Champions League because Porto are through, Ajax are through, United are through, and Tottenham are through. It's very, very interesting. Like I it's very interesting. A lot of teams will be looking at I know from an English perspective, United and Spurs, they'll be looking they'll be looking around thinking, boy, if we can draw Porto or Ajax, that's basically a route to the semi-finals, fam. And anything can happen from there. That's it for the Champions League segment. Um, we'll be back when they do do the Champions League draw. Probably get a little reaction. Right now, we're moving on to the NBA segment. This is Clash Pod, episode 24. Big up all the people supporting the podcast as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Clutch underscore pod, and also on our streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. It's all Clutch. Moving on to the NBA segment. Right, boom. So, moving on to the NBA segment. Just going to round up, you know, a couple... Latest news and that that's been going on around the league. A couple notable games here and there. So let's start off though. Obviously, with the Lakers situation, <laughs> they just can't get out of the spotlight, man. The Lakers, LeBron, all them man there, whatever. So with the Lakers situation, LeBron, they've been speaking about it. They're going to give him a minutes restriction, you know, because they're doomed. They're not going to make the playoffs. Their season ends in April. So them man, they're going to have a lot of time to rest up. So with LeBron coming back from that grade two grain strain or whatever grade it was, with all that, they're going to, you know, try and limit him to, what was it, like, 32 minutes a game, roughly. It's not like, it's not a hard minutes restriction, so it may vary. So, I feel like that's good for him, you know, what is he, 34 years old right now. You know, try and keep him fresh for the upcoming season, because this next season is going to be crucial for the Lakers. Fair enough, at right, cool. A lot of people saying this does stay in his record, the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. It slightly does, in it? I won't lie to you, but, obviously... With the team that they had, understandable, innit? Like, some man might give him the benefit of the doubt, but next season, boy, they have to go all in, fam, because there's not a lot of time left on <laughs> for LeBron to do his thing, fam. Trust me, fam. So, yeah, they have to, even in the off-season as well, I've seen articles about how they're going to throw a blank check at Jimmy Butler or throw him some mad super, super, super max or something like that. So, that's... Can LeBron and Jimmy Butler win a championship? I don't even know. The brother even got a play, uh, even got a player option in Philadelphia. So if what if he decides to stay? So it's looking tight. I don't even know what marquee free, free agents can go to LA because every man that's been every marquee free agent, yeah, there's there's a huge downside as to why they won't go to LA. Obviously, you got KD. KD said from the get go that he ain't on that playing with LeBron. He don't like the pressure, fam. KD's one of them man. He just wants to he just wants to ball quietly, fam, or or just take off a next man shine. So it's one of them ones. Obviously, Kyrie and LeBron, you know, they had their issues when they were in Cleveland. But I can't lie, it looks like they've you know. I wouldn't say rekindled their friendship because they weren't really beefing as such. But it looks like they're, they're very, very cool. Obviously, on Saturday night, the Boston Celtics did go to the Staples Center to play the Lakers. They won. No one, no one expected otherwise. Boston Celtics, they've, they've been on the rise recently, you know. I saw what they done to the Warriors the other night as well. They just doppied them. I mean... They were up like 20 something at the half, so that was a great win for them. Apparently, they did clear the air, you know, the mini problems they were having um, whilst they were on the flight to Golden State to play them. So, yeah, they won what? 128 to 95. Kyrie Irving dropped 19 and 11 points, 11 assists. Tatum got 17. Gordon Hayward was cooking off the bench. Aye, he dropped 30 off the bench. Big up, Gordon Hayward. 12 for 16 from the field, shooting 75% from the field, 66.7% from free. So, big up him, you know, obviously from that leg break, slowly but surely he will get back to being, you know, the all-star Gordon Hayward that we saw in Utah. So, yeah, the Celtics, they're back on the rise. They beat the Lakers on Saturday night, 107 to 120. So, yeah, back to what I was saying about the free agency thing. They look like they're cool, but I don't really, I really don't see... Um, Kyrie going to the Lakers but I've been saying this on multiple pods Kyrie Irving is one of the few NBA superstars where you just don't know what he's going to do next the brother said the earth is the brother said the earth is flat he's capable of doing anything trust me 
Unfortunate news for the Lakers, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram have both been ruled out for the remainder of the season. So it's looking like the Lakers might just go full on tank mode, man. They might just be like, you know what? Because I saw a statistic whereby if they go below the, the Mavericks in the rankings in the, in the West, they got a high chance of getting a top four pick. And that could be a huge asset for, that, for them if they were looking to trade for AD or any other superstar. Or even if they're looking to, you know, draft one of them freshmen out of Duke who, are, who have just been balling, fam. You've got your Cam Reddishes, RJ Barrett, obviously Zion Williamson. He's been injured, though, ever since, man. Rippy shoe, fam. I don't know how he done that. But, yeah, um, before we move on to more Laker, Lakers criticism, though, you got to big up LeBron James. He surpassed Michael Jordan in all-time total points in the NBA. Big up him. He done that. He done that on Wednesday night against the Denver Nuggets. It was at the Staples Center as well, so he got a huge ovation from the fans. But other than that, the fans, they were on they were on the Lakers' back. Another poor defeat. They lost 99 to 115. Um, LeBron did get 31-7-7 that game, but ultimately, they lost. So, yeah, the Lakers season is over. They're just trying to see... They're just trying to assess the options for the future. I mean, they got a lot of guys on one-year deals. Tyson Chandler, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. So, most of them, man, will probably get moved. And I feel like they just need to, you know, not start afresh. But there's a lot of problems going on behind the scenes, man. Whether it's they got man like Rob Pelinka saying that there's reports saying that he's not on him and Magic Johnson. They're not functioning well. I don't even, I don't even know, man. There's just bare rumours coming out, man. So they just need to sort that stuff out. Like I said, next season, that's going to be a huge season for the Lakers, man. I wouldn't say it's championship or bust, but they have they have to go very, very far in the playoffs. They have to at least go Western Conference Finals. And it all depends on which free agent they can attract, fam. That's the Laker talk. So, yeah, the Boston Celtics, they're on the rise. As I said, right now, as we speak, they're 41 and 26. They're game back of the Sixers and the Pacers. The Sixers just did play the Pacers as I'm recording this now. They recorded a win. Joel Embiid, the process, he's back. He cooked up this game, 33 points and 12 rebounds. All that in 28 minutes. So, he's going to be huge for the Sixers. I did say that. They need to, you know, play more games with this with this new bunch that they have acquired. So that is Simmons, Reddit, Butler, Harris, and Embiid. They need to play more games together. Joel Embiid needs to be 100% calm playoff time if the Sixers are looking to make a run at a championship. So yeah, big up Joel Embiid. 33 points, 12 rebounds. Great performance for him. Great performance for the Sixers. They beat a Pacers side who have been playing well. They've been coached really well under Nate McMillan. Obviously, they're without their all-star guard. Victor Oladipo, but Wesley Matthews has been stepping up for them, as has Boyan Bogdanovic, and you've got man like Domantas Sabonis coming off the bench, so they've been a really, really great side. That win, 4 3 moves them into the third seed. This is exactly where they want to be come the playoff time, the third seed. You don't, they don't want to get drawn into the fourth, fifth seed, because that's the hard, we all know that's the hardest matchup, realistically, in the NBA, man. In the playoffs, fam, when you got the fourth seed against the fifth seed, more times they'll be separated by what, like one, two games. So they're basically identical sides. They don't want to buck the Boston Celtics in the first round because I don't know what it is, but the Boston Celtics just have Philadelphia's number. They've won three of the three games they played so far, and the fourth game is taking place March the twentieth at the Wells Fargo Center. I will be at that game. So hopefully, we they need a win. They need a win, man. But yeah, I'll be live all in Philly. Should be a great game to watch. Moving on, I want to talk about the seedings in the Western Conference because right now it's looking very tight. So obviously you got Golden State, that's your one seed. Denver now gets the, su the surprise package this season. They're the two seed. Then you've got the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Trailblazers. All, they're all separated by 0.5 of a game. So the Rockets, they're the third seed. They're 40 and 25. OKC is 40 and 26. And Portland Trailblazers is 40 and 26 as well. So boy... That race for that third seed is looking very, very tight. And just like I said with the Sixers, none of those three teams want to get caught up in a 4-5 matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Because it's just so tiring. Because more than likely, those games are definitely... Those series are definitely going seven games. So it's going to be tough, especially in the first round. Usually in the first round, you want to you wanna either sweep the side or win 4-1. Like, then six, seven games is tiring, man. Trust me. Especially when you play the whole season. Back to the East, though. So 
I feel like Indiana, they will they will move down to the fifth seed. The last part I did say I don't see them going down the fifth seed, but I didn't see their schedule. Their upcoming schedule is looking gruesome. They gotta play the Knicks, so just add another W to whatever their win record is right now. Then they gotta go their Western Conference road trip, yeah. In fact, they before they go on the road, they, they host the Thunder. Then the Western Conference road trip, they got the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, the Clippers, the Warriors. They could easily lose all four games, you know. So it's looking really they they it's official. They have the hardest schedule out of the rest of the teams in the NBA. So boy, it's gonna be hard for them, especially without Ola Depot. But they 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 show great togetherness, man. I mean, even the game that I watched against the Sixers that just went down as I'm recording, they played well in the first three quarters. Their bench outscored our bench in the second quarter like twenty eight to eight. So, and you know, man like Domonte Sabonis as well, Kylo Quinn, them man are spark plugs off the bench, come off the bench and show great energy in that. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for the Pacers, man. But it's one of them ones, no one's, everyone's sleeping on them. No one's really expecting them to do anything. So, that's what makes it even more special that they're doing what they're doing. It's the same thing with the Denver Nuggets this season. Obviously, they do have Isaiah Thomas back as well. So, big up him, man. He's gone through a lot in the past, what, two, three years, fam. So, Hopefully he, you know, gets regular minutes for the Nuggets and he just does his thing for him. That's it for the NBA segment. We will be back next week for a pod before I do go over across the pond, as they like to call it, to the US. So there will be no pod while I'm out there in the US, but it's only for a week. So we'll be missing for a week, but I'll be back to tell the tale of the few NBA games I'm going to. So it will be the Philadelphia 76ers as they take on the Boston Celtics in Philly and possibly the Washington Wizards when they take on the Miami Heat in the Capital One Center in DC. So yeah, that's it for now. Clutch Pod, as always, I'm your host AB. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and also our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes. If you're still listening at this point, big up. Big up all the people across the pond as well on the East Coast in the US. I see you lot in the analytics section. So, yeah, keep on supporting Clash Pod. But for now, I'm out.